Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome to TFS Pod 89. Closing in on that century mark. Been doing this geez, almost two years now. Yeah, crazy. Shout out to my boys who all came back to East Lansing. First time we'd all been back together. Sans cuz in some way, shape, or form. And I don't even know how long. It's been 27 years since we were in school there. Might have might have been that long that we were all there at one at one time. Um, I definitely learned a great lesson. I am 49 and not 22. Although I did a good job acting 22 on Friday night. Um, yeah, Saturday was a little bit messy. Uh, on a little bit more somber note, um, you know, 9/11 means something to everybody. It means a lot to me because I remember vividly where I was, what I was doing, and I just still get captivated by the stories, things that maybe I've seen 15 times on TV, you know, in the way of shows and things like that. So, um, just a shout out to all those who gave their lives, who continue to give their lives because of the the asbestos and everything else in the air. Um, you are the true heroes, and as I posted on my LinkedIn yesterday, I really, really, really hope and pray that it doesn't take another 9-11 to reunite this country, which is in such dire straits right now. Back to the more positive note of sports. Uh, We are through two weeks of CFB and all hell has already broken loose. It's awesome. We'll talk a lot about that, obviously, today in the podcast. We've already had a firing. We'll talk about that. The NFL was pretty crazy in week one. Baseball races are heating up. We don't talk about that a lot here, but it's worth noting um, the PGA Tour new season kicks off this weekend, and then you got the P- President's Cup, I believe, next week. Yep. Um, there's a lot to discuss, and we love it, but let's not waste any more time. Go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Yeah, uh, great weekend in East Lansing. Old boy here tried to turn back the clock, <laughs> and uh, the result wasn't great um, for him, but it was fun. It was a great time. Well, the result was great. The, re- well. the result was great until three thirty a.m. Jeez, <laughs> oh, we won't go there. <clears throat> um, I'll talk about something that we don't ever talk about: it's baseball. There's some actually cool stuff going on right now. Aaron Judge um, for the for the Yankees. He is closing in um, on Roger Maris's home run record from when was it the fifties. 50s or 60s for the Yankees, obviously. Yep, that was Yankees. broken by a couple of... 55 home of, runs with basically this month left to play. Um, pretty impressive. Um, and this guy's 6'7", 280 pounds nonetheless, so it makes it even cooler. Um, and then Albert Pujols. <clears throat> uh, he's been around my whole life playing baseball. This dude is going ham. 697th home run the other day. He's closing in on 700. He passed... A-Rod to be fourth all-time uh, alone uh, in fourth place all-time on the home run list. Pretty freaking impressive. And this is last season. so Yeah, he's been going nuts. Keep paying attention to that because if he gets to 699, you <clears throat> might want to pay attention to when the Cardinals are on TV because if you get to witness 700, that'd be pretty cool. 
Yeah, crazy stuff going on in, in baseball. Maybe we'll give a little bit more sunshine. It's just so hard because college football Playoffs and now NFL football. is, you know, it's off the hook. Um, for my podium, <coughs> we'll certainly talk about this more in the in our downs here coming up. But I just, you know, I had to throw out, obviously, Scott Frost, the first casualty, the first firing of the season. Um, just, what, 20 days-ish right before you know his contract buyout was cut from 15 million to seven and a half million. Obviously, after giving up a record 642 yards to Georgia Southern, who ironically has a head coach Clay Helton, who was fired about the same time last year from USC. Um, kind of funny how the the ball bounces that way. Uh, you know, yet another one possession loss by Nebraska. Their tenth in a row. Frost was five and 22 against. Uh, in one possession games, he was 15 and 31 overall at Nebraska. It was clear the experiment wasn't working out. I don't have all the quotes and details and things like that ahead of me, but I read a pretty telling story about you know just all the stuff kind of more behind the scenes. Everybody looks at like us typically looks at wins and losses, but there was a lot of stuff going on, and and I just ask why. I mean, I get it. He was the quote prodigal son. He was a you know a national championship winning quarterback. He had had such success at UCF, but by everything I read, this dude is way too disorganized and way too controlling and way too a lot of things to be the man in charge, especially at a program like Nebraska. Now, is Nebraska what it was? No, but it's the only thing in Nebraska. It's got the fan power. They sell that thing out no matter what. They've had five straight losing seasons and they still sell out Memorial Stadium. Uh, the fans go crazy for it. There's no NFL in Nebraska. It's Nebraska football. That's it. Why? Why waste two, three games into this season even and bring him back? Um, I think Nebraska's going to have pretty good choices when it comes to a replacement coach. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the downs. But um, I just I, I get why Nebraska fired him now. But if you were going to do that all along, why did you even go into the season with them? I I mean, clearly it wasn't working that way. A lot of the things that I read, no way were going to change. I get it. You have Trev Alberts, who's the AD. He's also a historically great Nebraska football player. Couldn't be more different than Scott Frost. Um, And, hey, dude, hopefully this is a check for you. Check your gut, and if your gut says this isn't right, then walk. If you really weren't going to work to save that $7.5 million, if you really weren't going to get to October 1st and just give them a couple more weeks, I, I get you want to try to save your season, save the players, whatever. I, I understand that, but why? Why even go into the season with them? I, I think you set yourself back a little bit more that way. Um, you know, We'll see. Same coaches are available, obviously, for the most part. In the you know, same guys will come up that would have come up last year at this, you know, at the end of the season or whatever for this job, but be interesting to see what Nebraska does. Uh, you know, I hope for their sake that they can get competitive again. The Big Ten could use a few more competitive teams outside of the the usual five or six that are fighting for for everything all the time. Um, I just have to question how it all went down, why it all went down that way, why you couldn't have just pulled the plug last year. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. All right, moving on to our personal foul for the week. week. Ron and I were just chatting about this. You know, nothing really sticks out, but I'll tell you what sticks out when you're a fan in the stands. Freaking TV timeouts. And here's where you really notice it. When you're sitting at home watching an NFL game versus sitting in the stands at at a home college football game or watching a college football game, college football games 
are at the point where Fox gives a four-hour window before a big noon. They don't do a 3.30. They do a big noon and a 4 o'clock because these telecasts are lasting almost four hours. I get the contracts are huge. Big 10, you know, $7 billion deal or whatever they just signed. Um, it was, you know, a month or so ago. Like, I, I understand that. But the NFL's contracts are huge, too. And they find a way to play their games in three hours and 15 minutes. I, I mean... M- Maybe I don't notice it. Maybe maybe there is a difference here. But like I notice in pro football, the clock runs when they go out of bounds, minus the last two minutes of the second and fourth quarter. Um, so as soon as they get it reset, they go. They don't stop the clock on first downs. Okay, some of those things are nice rules in college football. Fine, keep them, whatever. But I'll tell you the culprit is these stupid-ass replays. NCAA, figure out how to do it centralized like NFL does, and you will save yourself so much time. We sat there in the Michigan State-Akron game, and there were there were like five replays and six plays at one juncture. And every time, the freaking red shirt went out there, and it was another two and a half to four and a half minutes on the timeout clock. It's ridiculous. I'm sure you can find a better way to cover your ads, to cover your dollars, to pay for your billions, but there's no reason why we as college football fans should have to pay the price when NFL fans don't. The NFL has a lot of things going for it that you don't college football, and one of them is how they treat their TV telecasts. You can play a game in three hours and 15 minutes. Trust me, you can. All right. Let's go to first down for the week. Um, Very college football and NFL heavy here in the downs. Um, First down will be our Big Ten week in review. Um, Ryan, I've had the podium and and the mic for the personal foul, so... Why don't you just kind of run through some of your thoughts on the games that were this weekend, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, interesting week, to say the less. Um, I mean, looking at the Big Ten here in our in our order, Ohio State, they were 44-point favorite. They didn't cover. They still won, looked good, whatever. Um, Minnesota, they put up, they're outgaining opponents by like 980 yards, apparently. In their oh. first two games, that's pretty fair. They haven't really impressive. played anybody, but still they've scored uh, 100 score. points. <clears throat> Northwestern blew it against Duke. We didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch it at all, but Northwestern was looking good after that week one win over and they were week down zero win over Nebraska. Nothing that game, right? And they lose that. Penn State rolled Ohio. Wisconsin Wazoo, that's interesting. 16 half point. Fighting Jason Dog come in to Madison, a tough place to play, get the dub. Um, My favorite part, the two touchdowns that Washington State scored were with a former Wisconsin wide receiver. Running back. Oh, the running back? Yeah, Nakia Watson. Pretty hilarious. Um, That's just weird. Wisconsin turned the ball over a lot. I I was watching the highlights. They had like four fumbles or something. Um, Mertz didn't play terrible. Allen almost had 100 yards, and they still lost. Can't score. That's That's a thing. That's That's a common theme in the Big Ten West. Can't score. Where Iowa has scored 14 points, one being a touchdown in yeah. two games. Well, well, let's talk about that. What what the hell is that? What I mean that like your eyes would start bleeding. Watching now, Iowa fans have got to be incredulous. I mean, you have uh, Ference runs a good program. He churns out NFL O linemen, NFL tight ends. Once in a while, they have some really great running backs, some NFL-caliber running backs. They always have good defensive players. You know, enough at wide receiver, it's your quarterback play. 
12 for 26 for 92 yards and a pick. 12.1 QBR. You basically get a, like a 50 QBR for going out on the field. You can't find a quarterback to come and be. I mean, you can sell Iowa. Look at the fan base. You know, Iowa's, Iowa plays in currently at least the Big Ten West, which is always wide open. Huge know. stadium. They care about it. <clears throat> It's like it's kind of like Nebraska, right? Like there's not much going on in Iowa. You got you know you have Iowa State there. Nebraska doesn't even have like a second competitor that way. But like okay, you've got Iowa State, Cyhawk this weekend. Iowa State finally got off the snide there with Matt Campbell. But like seriously, you can't recruit a better quarterback. Uh, you can't find even a guy like a Kirk Cousins who you know when he came to Michigan State nobody wanted and look at him. He's you know going gangbusters in the NFL. Whether you like him or not, he's a great quarterback. You can't find a guy like that. You're telling me you can't you can't inject maybe a little bit of something other than the power eye in your offense. Like nobody runs the power eye anymore. Maybe as a set, but not as their base. Um, that's not even That's not even the NFL stock offense anymore. So what, what do you, who's you're not developing guys to play in that in the NFL? Like I don't. I, and and Ferentz is in a tough spot because his son is the offensive coordinator. Oh, hey Ryan, you know what? Sorry, we suck. You're fired. Like how? That's not an easy conversation to have. So 150 total yards of offense in 60 unbelievable. minutes. Unbelievable. They're unbelievably bad. Their touchdown drive was 16 yards. They yeah, 16 yards, and then they had the ball first and goal at the one in four plays. They got shut out, and then Iowa State went on 99 yards and scored their touchdown. In, like, like a 12-minute drive. I mean, I just, uh, I can't even I can't even imagine sitting there watching it. And how maddening, because the Big Ten West is there for the it's taking. Now, Minnesota looks really good out of the gate, and the two teams they've played are dog meat. Purdue bounced back nicely. They won like Smoked. 56 nothing. But Rutgers roll. That's an FCS school. Michigan. J.J. McCarthy's your starting quarterback. No, no, no. I got a new nickname for him. You know why he's the September Heisman and why everybody is on that hype train? J.J. Jesus Jr. Yeah, that's right. You know, according he's to the Michigan second fans. coming. Never mind that they played Hawaii, who is god-awful. Um, and he's Ryan or I could have gone out there left-handed and gone 11 for 12. He's the guy but. now. So, Indiana um, kind of struggled. Um, it was Illinois, game. big win. Neither of us picked that. No, they beat Illinois, Virginia. Yeah. It's twenty four to three. I thought they smoked. Oh yeah, they did smoke them. Yeah. I thought. Wait. I thought Illinois lost. No, Illinois beat Virginia. No, oh, they did. Not. Yeah. Why did I think they lost? No, they beat them. Remember, they were up the whole game, and we were both like, "What?" No, they beat them twenty four to three. Good for Illinois. Um, Beal must get them going the right direction. Maryland rolled. Um, what do you got? Michigan State. Um, you know, look. Looked a lot better than week one. Had those growth still things to, to patch up. Peyton Thorne, um, dude needs to be accurate. I mean, he's he's off target. He's high. He's wide. This isn't good because this has been consistent, a three-game thing now. Um, going back to the Peach going Bowl. Going back to yeah. the bowl game. This needs to be fixed or else, I, I don't know. Because if he's on target, this offense is going to start to hum. Um, I mean, it did the other day without him playing very well. I mean, granted, Akron is pretty awful. Um, one of the worst teams I've ever seen in person. Yeah, when their quarterback got hurt, it was good night because they at least had a little bit of RPO going for them. But Not very good. I will say, so, you know, I always look at the grades after the game. They gave, you know, um, PT a D plus. I don't know that he was that bad. Because when he's on, he still is really on, but he's high and wide with a lot of his throws. 
You know, he did throw two picks both times, or probably the only two times he got hit in the game, um, and he got rocked, one of them, for sure, the second pick. But, you know, he's got the weapons. He just needs to settle down. There's a, if there's a guy that I have faith to watch film and figure out mechanically what he's doing, it's him. He just needs yeah, to kind of... I don't know if he's pressing for some reason. I mean, somebody said I said it, and then Ryan said he saw it on. It's like he's playing like his girlfriend just broke up with him. He's just not quite there. He's got plenty of weapons. I mean, Michigan State had 11 guys catch passes yeah. in that game. Reed, um, Reed being dinged up, hopefully he'll play this weekend. That would suck. Um, Keon. Berger know, and Broussard look really good. The offensive line looks, looks, looks pretty good. You know, it's Akron, but still, you've got to be able to move the ball even against those teams. Yeah, and, looking good. Tight ends playing pretty well. <laughs> Very impressive. Michigan State's freaking front four leads the nation in sacks, tied for the lead in forced fumbles. Uh, that's the BT effect. Jacoby Winmon, back to back Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, I don't think that's another ever sack and a half, Michigan another State. forced fumble. If he does this again next week, he's the. <coughs> Let's talk about Brooks. You know, we were worried about yeah. Xavier Henderson. Wow. And believe me, it'll still be great to get him back, but. Brooks, a D2 transfer. Looks great. Um, settled in after being in the program last year. And, I mean, he's a banger. Like, he has two forced fumbles. Um, he was all over the place. Ryan and I were noticing from our seats up in 122, especially he's fly sideline to sideline. He's in the right place to make plays. He had a couple, at least one PBU. Um, you know, he, that's a nice kind of epiphany there to see him step in. You can tell, you know, Michigan State missed snow and some of the intermediate stuff. I think as we start playing better quarterbacks like Pennix and, you know, once we get into the Big Ten play here in a couple weeks, they'll definitely miss Snow and his ability to kind of drop into coverage and be a thumper at linebacker. Um, but, you know, Michigan State has a, a lot more defensive depth than last year. Yeah. The corners haven't really been all that tested. Speed, Brantley's played pretty Speed's well. been good. Brantley's been great at the nickel. Um, Williams maybe even started, and if not started, played a heck of a lot more, played as much as Kimbrough anyway. Um, so defense definitely making the improvements offense, not as good as we thought it would be. Um, and probably that it needs to be still, but still put up 52 points. And Kim looked, you talk about a guy who mechanically looked really good on his throw going against his body, got his body, his feet set, got his hips turned and absolutely fired a rope into a pretty tight spot for a touchdown when he came in, when Thorne was a little dinged up. Um, Hauser even got a little bit of run, um, yeah, which you want to see in games like that. There's not going to be as many opportunities going forward for that type of stuff. So no complaints about that. Um, you know, elsewhere in the Big Ten, let's see. Uh, I think we covered pretty much everybody in the West. We'll come back to Nebraska in a second. Um, in the East, yeah, Indiana uh, struggled a little bit with the fighting potatoes, but they got the win. Maryland, big deal. You beat Charlotte. I mean, good for you going on the road, but whatever. Michigan played Hawaii, a JV team. Um Ohio State did not cover, but they did what they did. Penn State, I think, looked pretty decent. Their freshman running back had a good game. Beat uh, okay Ohio team by 36 at home. A little bounce, or no, I was going to say bounce back, but a good uh, non-hangover game there. I mean, Rutgers played Wagner. Whatever, it's Wagner. <clears throat> um, but let's let's talk a little bit more about um, uh, Nebraska. Uh I will admit, I'm wrong. I predicted them to win their first th- three games. They're one and two. Maybe I was one that thought Scott Frost, with the changes that they made, would be willing. You know, they'd turn it, turn. You know, things would turn around. But um, the thing is, is I think that they have talent. They're not a very talented. I don't think on defense, but offensively, they have talent. Um, 
but man, they are just so, it, that is 100%. And we would be talking about if you didn't get fired, coaching. Yep. The way they so lose coaching. one possession games, that's coaching, that's culture, that's attention to detail. All of that goes back to the coach. I, I, I understand he's not making the tackles. He's not making the stops. He's not making the penalties. But uh, but he makes the dumb calls like onside kicks. Um, and he, there you know, there's no punishment from what I read. You know, there hasn't been any accountability for mistakes. You know, guys just don't, you know, like guys make mistakes from Michigan State. And you watch Tucker on the sideline. You can see him from our vantage point up top. He's immediately, guys go right to him because they, they're not avoiding him. They know they're about ready to get their ass chewed. And they might sit a series or something. You know, they might sit a couple plays. So they understand, like, look, this is earned. It's not just given. And I would not be surprised if maybe Nebraska rallies around this new guy. Don't know much about him except Former for the fact LSU that LSU wide receiver coach. Yeah, and he was uh, he played quarterback for Nebraska. He was the starter in 1990. Um, <clears throat> I didn't even know that until I read about it. So we'll see. We'll see if his style is different. Um, we'll see if he gets a shot at the job. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say. Um, I I think, generally speaking, I don't know that what Nebraska will do the rest of the way. I mean, they've got Oklahoma this week. Um, Oklahoma struggled with Kent State over the weekend, but then they've got a bye. um, You know, and then they've got an okay, easy couple games, Indiana Rutgers potentially. Um, But then, you know, gets into the meat of the, the West, which is pretty wide open. Purdue's good. Illinois is better than we even expected at this point. Minnesota's good. They got to play at Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. I mean, boy, I don't know. Remains to be seen. But uh, we watched that game kind of half asleep after long night in East Lansing Friday night and a long day tailgating Saturday when we finally got back to GR. And I mean, it woke us, woke me up at least enough on the couch to laugh. Like I, I can't even believe that I'm seeing this yet again. But I, I feel bad for Nebraska fans. Well, that's what they get for firing coaches for going 9-3. and three. Exactly. All right, let's move to second down, which um, we'll carry over to the CF college football at large. A little weekend review. There are a lot of great things there. And good point by Chris for us to talk about. It's kind of like too early over or under reactions a few weeks in. Um, I, I've got one thing here for sure. Marshall paid $1.25 million. Appalachian ah. State paid $1.5 million. Saturday. Georgia Southern paid $1.4 million to each go on the road, make bank, and get upsets. How crazy is that? And I'm Chris made a great point. This is why Notre Dame needs to come in the Big Ten and take some of the Big Ten's TV pie. Because if you're going to pay teams like Marshall you know, $1.25 million to come into South Bend and beat you, you're not going to have as many alumni with deep pockets to pay for that stuff. And the sad thing for them, poor, I feel bad for their quarterback, um, was I can't remember the exact injury, but I think it was a shoulder He's injury. Out for the season. And Notre Dame already, you know, their biggest weapon on offense is a tight end, um, which is never a good sign. I mean, he's NFL caliber for sure, but that you don't want a tight end to be your best weapon. And now they've got a backup quarterback. Ugh. They play Cal this week, ugly. who's okay, not great, but yeah, it could it could be a long Jerry Faust like season in South Bend, and I feel bad because you know it'll a lot of it'll heap on Freeman. He's got a top five recruiting class right now for next year. I don't think it's his fault. I think 
But I also think for all the Notre Dame fans who wanted to blame Brian Kelly, I saw a good TikTok today. It's not. It wasn't Brian Kelly. It's not Marcus Freeman. Notre Dame. It's you. Look yourself in the mirror. Like your expectations, where you are, you're demanding on being independent and whatever. Like just join a conference. You want to join the ACC and fall in that sort of go. But I mean, just swallow some humble pie. Get in the Big Ten. Get even better TV money. I guarantee you things would look better for you. Um, you know, it's just it's. Boy, that's that's a mess. And Freeman, I think, by all counts, is a good dude and could be a good coach. But yeah, what, what are you going to do? you got an 0-3 inexperienced head coach as your head coach. What's going to happen, right? Like, what's going to happen? Um, Overreaction. Is Bama in trouble? No. They looked like crap. They did look. They had, and uncharacteristically, they had like 15 penalties or something like that, too. And their whole horns down thing. I mean, yeah, come on. Like... That's so played anyway. You barely beat a Texas team that wasn't ranked, um, who lost a quarterback in the first quarter, and by all accounts from what we heard was shredding you. Um, you know, Ewers, uh, the Ohio State transfer. It'd be interesting to see, you know, where Texas goes from here. I'm going to give you one. Here's an overreaction. Florida's back, baby, until they're not. Yeah, Anthony Richardson's the Heisman frontrunner, and then he plays like crap. Until Kentucky goes there and, and goes slaps them around. Uh, they're two and one. Their last three at the swamp. That's um, kind of crazy. Stoops they that, they is, had like a thirty-game win streak against them. Before. Yeah, I know. Thirty-one years they hadn't beaten them, and and now they're they're on them lately. Um, my other one of my other fun things, um, <clears throat> Desmond. I rest my case from a couple weeks ago. You had A and M, Baylor, and Pitt among your college football playoff teams. Oh boy! Not that one-loss teams can't get in, but it ain't going to be any of these one-loss teams. You know, Baylor at least lost to BYU on the road. BYU's really good. Pitt, granted, lost to Tennessee at home, but who's a home dog uh, to begin with that's supposed to be that good? Um, you know, they were a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half-point underdog, and they fought and tied it and went to overtime but lost. But A&M, look, App, App State did it again. App State's good. They're three and two in their last five games against top ten teams, and it wasn't the the caliber of the upset over Michigan. I think A and M's an absolute paper. A and M is a total paper Crap. tiger. They are so nil five star this five star that. It's all coaching. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher trash can't coach. coach. He's a trash football coach. He can't coach trash. at all. They are all talk, no nothing since joining trash. the SEC. Yeah, he might get a big win this year, and people will forgive it. No, they'll but, go eight and four. But same as Iowa, almost. And you're a offensive, you know, quarterback whisperer, and you've got an offense that can only produce 14 points Awful. against an App State defense that gave up 63 to North Carolina the week before. And not that you know, not that North Carolina is terrible, but they're not great. They're certainly not supposed to be in the caliber of A and M. But it was a crazy Saturday for college football. And it's like the stuff you usually see in October, but it happened earlier, which was awesome. Um, loved it. <laughs> wish Bama, excuse me, wish Bama would have lost. That would have been fantastic if they would have. Um, USC jumped on Stanford early yeah, and then kind of hung on late. They're they're looking pretty good. They, defense is still kind of a struggle like it was for Oklahoma. But They'll score, but yeah. Oklahoma kind of, you know, sleptwalked through their win over Kent State. Um, West Virginia got stung at home. That might be the next coach Kansas, to drop yeah, by Kansas. Brown, Kansas all of a sudden didn't win a road game in like, I don't even know how long it was, 8, 10, 12 years, and they've won two in their 
in the last well, half a fun, of season. Here's the thing: if West Virginia wants to fire Neil Brown, saw they owe him seventeen million dollars in a buyout. My goodness, this is what the problem is: is with these contracts, um, and or the impatience to fire somebody. Now, it's one thing like in a Frost case, he had you know whatever it was three, four, three or four full seasons to kind of see like look behind the scenes, winner, winning or losing, like. I get it. Rebuilding a program, recruiting, coaching guys up, that takes time. It took D'Antonio a little bit of time at Michigan State. Um, It didn't take Tucker as much time, but the transfer portal certainly helped with that. So I get it. Like, you got to give some guys some grace. But, like, if there's things behind the scenes, like lack of organization, you know, like at Nebraska, Frost, you know, had an analyst that was illegal and they got a, he got a show cause for a year. So, I, you know, stuff like that. There's things like that going on, then get rid of a guy. But then you should also be able to get out of the contract, right? But if you just made a bad coaching decision, you're putting a lot of money in those baskets to keep them. Tennessee perpetually paying guys a lot of money. I mean, Notre Dame perpetually paying guys a lot of money. Um, it's like the Barry Bonds effect. It's 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 crazy. It's ridiculous, um, and I I don't know what's going to change that, but it it'll be interesting to see. You know, I mean, elsewhere around college football, you know, we're talking about all the big games, obviously. Um, you know, nobody else really struggled you know, I mean, that much. I, but. I didn't even know this. Boston College lost. They were supposed to be good. They lost to Tech, who had lost to Old Dominion. Ooh, you, yeah, that's not good. Oh, and two, yeah, we had Boston College beating Rutgers in Week One. That's rough, and they probably have the bandana game this weekend too, which is there's a Boston College former football player, red bandana guy um, from 9-11. Really great story. If you don't know it, look it up. Um, so they have a red bandana game every year, <laughs> and so that means they lost that red bandana game. That's that's rough. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other overreactions, underreactions, really? <laughs> even in the Big Ten. Ohio State's been a little, a little underwhelming, but I'm not willing to count them out. Um, I, I think it's pretty typical with preseason polls to have plenty of teams that are way too overhyped, you know, based on their name or whatever. Um, I have no problem with Georgia moving back to number one. I, In fact, I thought that regardless of what people thought would happen, that they should come into the season as preseason number one. I think that should be an automatic prerequisite. Is the team that wins last year's natty, even if they lost everybody and they're going to suck, they get to start out as number one. Preseason polls don't matter anyway, but just for fodder purposes. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, you know, maybe as a as an overreaction, the Pac-12 chances are dead when Utah lost. Maybe not. Maybe not. USC... You know they got a they've got a chance. Um, you know the Pac-12 is not going to be all that great, but then you got West, you know Washington State going to Wisconsin and winning. So games like that certainly help the Pac-12. Um, I'm trying to think of that. There's any other major overreactions, underreactions at this point in time? Um, you know, does does the loss for Texas A&M mean they're going to lose four more games? No. So that's probably an overreaction, but. It was also an overreaction to rank rank them so high and think that they're a CFP team. Same with Pitt, Baylor. I could see them, you know, pretty much winning out. Maybe um, again, they didn't lose to a bad team. No. So, um, and it is not an underreaction at all to say Iowa's offense is the worst offense that I think I've ever seen. Like we put up with some pretty vanilla power eye type of offenses at Michigan State over the years. George Perlis even summoned D'Antonio till they open up the playbook, but it never was as bad as it is at Iowa. 
So, and just like you can't get too high on, yes, Minnesota's outscored opponents 100 to 10, but they've played nobody. So, I don't know. The rubber starts to meet the road a little bit um, as we move into next week, and we will start that here after a quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right, Ryan, let's move to third down and the college football week ahead. Um, We've got, I'm looking at the Big Ten's um, master schedule in front of me. We've got Illinois that's on a bye this week. Um, after playing three weeks in a row, we've got uh, nobody else, I don't think, in the... Yeah, I think that's it. In that side, and in the east, I don't think we're quite to bye weeks yet. Um, nope. So, and then everybody's playing the east. So, the only team not playing in the Big Ten this week is Illinois. Um, you want to just kind of throw the pick them games yeah, at us? Yeah, let's do it. We'll go then from we'll, there. Then we'll talk about a couple other ones. Yeah. UConn, Michigan. Oh, my gosh. Like... Michigan minus 46 and a half. And they didn't cover against Hawaii. I think they'll cover this one because JJ's going to let her rip all game. They're going to show him off. He's going to uh, get that September Jesus Jr. up. Yep. I'm telling it right now. Yeah, UConn is They're awful. Um, so are we picking that against the spread? Yes. But yeah, we'll yeah. straight up. I think Michigan will cover that. Well, how did we do last week? You want to go over that uh, first? You you got one more right than me. I didn't. I'm, I'm doing bad. I'm <clears throat> You did a little better than me, but I picked all State to cover, didn't. You picked them. Um, Arkansas State to cover, both picked Northwestern. You picked Wisconsin to cover, they didn't. Um, both picked Iowa. That was obviously a, a miserable flop by both of us. Really? I picked Iowa? Yep. That's shocking. UVA, both picked them. Um, Captain agrees. I picked Indiana to cover 24. Um, we both picked the Lions to win, and they obviously lost by three. Um, yeah. Week three, uh, second game here, Oklahoma-Nebraska, straight up Oklahoma. I think they're going to clean their clocks. Yeah, I think um, Captain's weighing in from the peanut gallery. I think this could go one of two ways. Nebraska could like rally around their new coach and, look, they're not that bad. They're not the worst one-and-two team that's out there. Um, but I think Oklahoma could shred their defense. Are we covering? Are we going spread? Or are we just going straight up there? Straight it's up. at Nebraska. Nebraska, you know, competed and had a chance to beat Oklahoma at um, Norman last year. I think Nebraska will fight. I think that this will be a game. I think it'll be a one another one possession game, one score game, you know, type of thing. But I do think that Oklahoma. I'll stick with my preseason prediction. <coughs> prediction there. Why not? I'm getting every other one right, wrong for Nebraska. I'll pick Oklahoma to win that game as well. Um, Northwestern's playing SIU. It's not even on anything, so I made up my own spread. Uh, Northwestern minus 35. Oh, Southern Illinois. Uh, I think Southern Illinois might cover that, to be honest. You think so? I'm saying Northwestern covers. Yeah, I don't think Northwestern is that great. I think Southern Illinois will cover that. This is an interesting one. Purdue and Syracuse. It's like a one. Purdue's minus one and a half, I think. I'm picking Purdue to win a close one. At Syracuse. Syracuse is better than we thought. Um, Purdue's one and one. They kind of bounce back nicely from that loss against Penn State. Boy, what are we going on spread or are we going straight up? Straight. All right, I'll go with Purdue. I had Purdue winning that game to begin. 
Indiana and Western Kentucky. Um, I think Indiana hardly beat them last year. It was the week before we played Western Kentucky. Um, I think this is like a seven and a half point spread. I'm going Indiana. I don't know if Western Kentucky is as good as they were last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll stick with that. I had Indiana beaten Western Kentucky in my preseason previews, so I'll stick with that. Get off to a 3 0 start. Uh, Rutgers versus Temple. This isn't on the spread things I looked at, but I made up my own. I have Rutgers minus 17 and a half. Temple's not very good, so I'm saying Rutgers covers. Yeah, I think Rutgers is off to a decent start. You know, obviously 2 0. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. I mean, I don't know anything about Temple. Anything getting up there above two touchdowns scares me a little bit with a team like Rutgers, but I can buy that. I'll take Rutgers. Wisconsin versus New Mexico State. For some reason, this game's coverable. 37 and a half is the spread. I'm taking New Mexico State to cover. I don't think Wisconsin can even score that. Yeah, and it was 36 and a half when New Mexico State played Minnesota. I think New Mexico... Uh, so, Wisconsin, let's see. They won the first game 38 nothing. They lost. But, yeah, Wisconsin will win, but they won't cover that. Yeah. And Penn State, Auburn. Penn State going down south. The return yeah, game from CBS. last year. A little early taste for Big Ten fans yeah. on, C- on CBS. Three and a half, I think, Penn State. We're going straight here. I'm taking the Nittany Lions. I... I, I think we said that they were going to lose, but... I yeah, I had them lose. losing um, in but preseason previews. I, Auburn's but. played like crap. I, I just don't... Penn State's confident they'll win. It would not surprise me if Penn State <coughs> lost this game, but I'm going to I'm gonna go anti my preseason prediction, which at this point I would have had Penn State 1-2, and two, but I think that they will go down and uh, win a close game in Auburn. Minnesota is playing the worst team in the Pac-12 in Colorado. <coughs> 27.5 point favorite. I'm taking them to cover it. Oh, yeah. I got Minnesota to cover. Minnesota's got a sneaky good offense with like 60-year seniors up the wazoo between Tanner, run the ball. Tanner Morgan and Ibrahim. Yeah, I think they'll Ohio cover State that. Ohio State is a 31.5 point favorite against Toledo. Cover. Thirty-one and a half against Toledo. I don't know where Toledo good. falls into the pecking order. Um, I mean, they didn't cover against Arkansas State <clears throat> last week. Not even close, honestly. Thirty-one and a half. Let's see. They won by thirty-three last week. Yeah, we'll. we'll it's been kind of ho hum so far, but they need a good tune-up going into Wisconsin the, the following week. So I'll take Ohio State to cover as well. This is my favorite one: Iowa versus Nevada. Vanduul really thinks that Nebraska should be minus 23 and a half. You mean Iowa? I mean, I mean Nevada, Iowa. Nevada versus Iowa. They think, Vanduul thinks that Nevada, or that Iowa is a 23 and a half point favorite. Iowa can't even score 10 points. I have yeah. Nevada covering this. Nevada will cover that. No question. Easily. No question. No, the only Easily. way Iowa's going to score more than 20 points in a game this they season is if they get a defensive That's touchdown it. or two. That's it. I mean, they had the ball at the one for four plays in a row, and they couldn't score against Iowa State. They had a 16-yard touchdown drive. There's no way they can score that that many points. SMU versus Maryland. I think the That's easy money on Vanderbilt. Spread is about two and a half favoring Maryland. I'm saying Maryland mm-hmm. wins a close one here. SMU Maryland is two yeah. and a half point favorite. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's at Maryland. If it was on the road, I'd go SMU, but I'll go with Maryland in that one. Michigan State, Washington, uh, interesting one out west. The Big Ten has not had success, especially Michigan State out there, unless it's in like a bowl game. Um, Michigan State's a dog in this. I thought they were favored early. Three and a half point dog. So that means Washington's getting the three points at home. It's a tough place to play. I'm going. They're playing well. This is a statement in Seattle. 
Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's in a similar place as the Miami game last year. It was kind of one of those crossroad games. Okay, first two weeks we looked pretty good. You're like, okay, things are going well. What can happen at Miami? Um, things going against you, the heat, the humidity, whatever. This is the Western travel and stuff. I think Tucker will have the guys prepared. Ryan, you said it coming out of the stadium. It's going to go one of two ways. It's going to either be a loss by a field goal or Michigan State's going to blow the doors off. Pennock scares me a little bit because he's had his way with Michigan State at times. Um, it's going to be a test, right? It's going to be the first test. Um, but I think Michigan State steps up to the occasion, and, and I think they can cover that three and a half. That means either they lose by a field goal or they win. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'll take Michigan State with the, with the points there. Uh, then we got Lions versus the <clears throat> Redskins. I'm not calling them the Commanders. Uh, I think the Lions are going to win this because for one reason. The Lions' offense looked great. And Washington has two of their best, two of their starting forward defensive linemen out. I don't think Carson Wentz. They struggle against Jacksonville a little bit, who's improved, but still not still great. Not great. Um, First win. Yeah, I don't. I I'm not drinking their Kool Aid by any stretch, but I would agree based on what I saw in Week One. I can I can live with that. I can live with that. That's them all. All right, we'll go to fourth down, and for fourth down this week. Um, and really, perpetually, we could just call it the scramble where we can just kind of <clears throat> throw out other you know, notes that we took or points, whether it's NFL, if it's MLB, if it's golf, whatever. Um, I just had some points on the Lions. Um, obviously, I got to watch my new number one team and my 1A team, the Steelers and the Vikings, um, yesterday. And, and they both won their games. Um, we'll get to the Steelers and Bengals in a minute. That was crazy, but... Here's some points I made on the Lions. Hard Knocks hype has to have faded a little bit. I mean, the crowd was great. You could hear them. They were rocking. They made a difference early in that game. But um, the Lions still have a lot of work to do. Um, And I'm not going to say I told you so yet, but it looked a lot like I told you so with Aiden Hutchinson, who looked like he was just chasing plays and lost, made one tackle in that game. Meanwhile, the number one overall pick, I think Ryan said, had um, well. had a forced fumble, a sack, and and played a really solid game overall. Um, man, the Lions could have made traded down and gotten more for you know more bang for their buck, but they went with a guy who you know by all accounts is believe the, the hype, guy. believe the hype. I, I'm telling you, I just don't see it. I saw the way Michigan State ran over him on that side of the field. Um, you know, with Kenneth Walker, and I saw Georgia do it, and Michigan State's line was nowhere near what Georgia's was, and I'm just saying, I I don't I don't buy his hype. I do buy Rodrigo Rodrigo's Rodrigo, hype. it's my boy. Um, he played a great game. I do have to say, is Dan Campbell Scott Frost in Lions? You know, Lions colors or what? I mean, with the, the with the coaches. stupid onside kick yeah, when you have momentum. Stupid. Like, I that get it. He's a gambler and the players like him for it. But at some point in time, you put the gambling to the side and you do the smart thing and that's ride momentum. Yeah, that was really um, stupid. Another thing I had to point out, Tracy Walker was playing a great game and then he gets two unnecessary yeah. roughness personal fouls in the same play and gets thrown from the game. What an ass. Like, you're a professional. Keep your shit together. I mean, keep it together. That's the problem. That's the, that's the type of stuff that the Lions have done for years and bumble, and it'll get addressed. I don't worry about that. I think the Lions have the right coaching staff and and whatever, but 
man, I still question their ability to evaluate talent and picking talent with picking injury guys and stuff like ridden people. I don't know. Jared Goff is still terrible. He's awful. He did have five drops, but he's just he's he not sucks. the answer. Um, I don't know. Make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. Eat the money. I don't. I don't know. Figure something out. I don't know that there's a guy coming out this year. I don't know if it's Bryce Young. I don't know if it's C.J. Stroud. I, I don't know at this point in time. You can't trust a rookie but, quarterback. But you should never thrust a rookie quarterback in. Mark Jackson anyway, needs so. to be a free agent. Yeah, maybe go for him. I don't know. Uh, the Lions, my last observation on the Lions, uh, they are the Nebraska of the NFL. Without a doubt. Perpetually losing one possession games on like you know 65-yard field goals and just making dumb plays that keep drives just alive, missing tackles that keep – you know, guys' legs churning. Um, it was more of the same for for Detroit. The same picture every weekend. <clears it's just throat> you you want to try to believe and buy the hype. I do think Campbell is a, is a good coach. Um, I think he's got the culture the right way. But, you know, and they've got some pieces and parts on that team. But guys dropping passes the way Tracy Walker was. Swift was a beast. I will Swift say that. Was Swift was phenomenal. phenomenal. Um, their Lions running game is really strong. Um, Amon Ra played really well again. But some other just like scramble stuff. The NFL at large, crazy. Like how how much more proof do you need the importance of a good long snapper? Because Cincinnati's long snapper got hurt. Their backup, of course, you don't carry a backup long snapper, but their backup was a tight end. And because of the timing and his snaps being a little bit off, um, Evan McPherson, who's an all-world kicker for the Bengals, he... I think he don't. He had his extra point block that would have won the game after yep. Cincinnati marched down and scored on the last play of the game. Extra point block that goes to overtime, and he misses badly Bad on a, yards. on a you know a chip shot because the laces were in and it was just a mess from the snap and the hold and all that stuff. Um, Pittsburgh in the same game doinked one in overtime and then they go down a win. It was like the day of the you know Weird. kicker issues. The Colts. Missed a, a kick in overtime that would have won it against the Texans. They tied. Um, just some crazy Saints games. comeback win over the Falcons. Shocking they blew it. The Bears beat the Niners. <laughs> yeah, Falcons are the perpetual game. blow the lead. Dolphins smoked the Patriots. Cowboys are, Cowboys are in a world of hurt. They were garbage Dax to begin with, and then Dax for, is done for a long time. Giants, big win over the Titans. Titans have struggled lately. Vikings, ooh. Smoked Green Bay. Cousins to Jefferson looked and mighty good. Aaron Rodgers looked absolutely irate. His receivers were terrible, not getting any separation. Now they've started the last three. I saw a stat: three of the last four seasons, their first week score points scored were ten, three, and seven. So don't don't worry too much for them. They'll bring it around. I just I don't know. It's funny because Ryan and I met Aaron Rodgers. You know when I was hurt and I couldn't play on his team, but in a Kurt Warner flag football thing. And it was after he won his Super Bowl MVP, and he was really a good dude. And I don't know, he's kind of one of those guys that that, um, really kind of turned eccentric somewhere along the way. And the man bun and kind of the weird, just kind of weird and industry, I don't know, into weird stuff. Um, He is like, he is so visibly angry all the time with his players. And I get it, he demands excellence, but like... And get out on the on the practice field and run more routes with your receivers and get on the same page. I mean, they're rookies. What do you expect? Maybe that's why Devont. Maybe Devonte is like, hey guys, if you trade me, I'm not going to be too mad. I'll go play with my bro, who's never going to yell at me, type of thing. I mean, Rogers made Devonte Adams great too, but um, you know, I wouldn't. If I'm a Packers fan, I wouldn't really worry about it too much. No, 
Vikings tend to get the Packers at home and vice versa when they play, but um, the Vikings definitely look a lot better. Their defense is, is solid. Um, that If the front line in front of Cousins can hold up, I mean, they've got great play-action game because Dalvin Cook is good. Matson is a good second back. Um, you know, if Thielen's your second or your third option at wide receiver, you know that you've got some good receivers to throw to. Jefferson, they just moved him He's all so over the good. field like they do Cooper Cup since O'Connell came from, you know, <coughs> from the Rams coaching tree. Yeah, crazy stuff there. Um, oh, Mahomes. <clears throat> yeah, what were his 30 stats? for 39 for 360 and five touchdowns. Unbelievable. Didn't get sacked one time. He's so good. He's just so Unbelievable. good. Um, you know, going away from football for a second, you know, you had the the DP World Tour, the former European Lowry World Tour, won. where you had live guys mixed in with with PGA guys, and you had some you know boiling blood about why live guys should be able to take spots from DP World Tour guys and whatever. Um, I think it was five, four or five rank or DP guys finished in the top twenty. They had a fourth and a fifth place finisher, but. Um, yeah, that's interesting fall season. It's weird to me that the FedEx Cup just finished a few weeks ago and now the season starts over again. On that point, I can see why guys want a little bit more time off, but they know they need to get their points now, you know, for FedEx purposes. So that'll be interesting um, to see how that goes and then the President's Cup. Uh, but yeah, NFL off to a wild, wacky start. We got Seahawks and Broncos tonight, so that'll be interesting. Russell Wilson going home to play his old team. Um you know, and we got craziness going in college football, and I don't know that there's as many huge games on the schedule this week. But um, no, yeah, anytime there are upsets, and and especially when non-power five schools win, you know you got a good thing going. Oh yeah. All right. Let's move on to our sprint for the week. Um, Spot number one, will Nebraska get a big name like a Matt Campbell or even a Matt Rule, um, current Carolina Panthers coach, or an up-and-comer? Rumor has it that Matt Campbell's interesting. <clears throat> so I, w- I think they're going to get him. I think that's going to be their next coach. That'd I could see good, it. That'd be a really good hire. That'd be them. a good hire, and it would really good should hire. scare, if as long as the Big Ten West exists, should scare the Big Ten West because Campbell can develop talent. He's very good. He's a good recruiter very and a good, good developer, player. and that's what – I think Nebraska's recruited fine, um, and they got a lot of good transfers this year, but their problem has been player development. Um, Scott Frost was woefully, you know, not good at that. So I think that if they got a guy like him, <coughs> I tend to agree. I think they're going to get a, at least a quasi-name as opposed to just an up-and-comer. I mean, if their current guy, you know, look, what do they have, nine games left? If he goes eight and one, it'd be hard not to give him a long, hard look. But, you know, sometimes when you – you rally around a guy and you hire him, it doesn't always work out either. See Bobby Williams at Michigan State. All right. Um, sprint spot number two. Team with bigger concerns overall, A&M or Notre Dame? Mm, Notre Dame because of their quarterback. Yeah, their offense was struggling to begin with them with their quarterback being out. I would say them. Um, I think long haul, they're going to be a better coach team than than uh, A&M is, to be honest. I think Jimbo is perpetually overrated, but I'll say the bigger concerns in Notre Dame at this point. Um, all right, spot number three, two-game MVP for Michigan State so far. Jacoby. Yeah, got to be Jacoby. I mean, I called him Ju- the next coming of Julian Peterson last week. He's been fantastic. Um, you know, it's hard to argue the impact that he's made for Michigan State in the place they needed it the most, which was 
getting after the quarterback enough to let the secondary not get burned a lot. And so far, so good. Against two MAC teams, yes, grain of salt, but I would agree with that. And spot number four, I don't know that we necessarily ever put a number on it or not, so I'm going to put it here. Lions win five and a half games. You taking the over or under for that for I the year? slightly take the over. Boy. That would be... <laughs> Seven and ten is very likely. I, I'll go over, but I'm thinking like, I'm still thinking six and 11 max. I just, I don't know. There's just too many things there. Bears are still not great, but they're gettable. Packers, who knows? Vikings, that's probably 0 and 2. Um, I don't have their schedule in front of Justin me. Justin Jefferson might get 300 yards. Yeah, no kidding. I could see I could see six, so I'll take the over slightly there. So, All right, Ryan, wrap us up. Final score 35. Tell us what you want to hear. Um, appreciate you guys listening. Shout out to Team Andrews Realty. Um, if you if you want to sponsor us, um, we're always looking for other sponsors. Uh, you can get to throw an ad out there or whatever. Um, yeah, contact me or my partner here, and we'd love to have you and uh, shout you out. But appreciate you guys listening. Yep, again, um, shout out to Team Andrews Realtors. Great people, great realtors. Um, they're a go-to in West Michigan if you have realty needs. Meantime, as Peyton Manning once said, and is very appropriate with firings and early season trip-ups happening, pressure is something you feel when you don't know what the hell you're doing.